Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode two of the Colincast. My name is Connor Collins. I am a registered massage therapist and sports injury therapist practicing just outside of Toronto, Ontario, and Canada. And for my first real episode, I want to discuss an often controversial topic in the health, wellness, fitness, manual therapy industry, which is a large muscle in the low back known as the psoas major. And one of the things that sparked this topic was uh, I was having a conversation with a colleague who said, oh, you need to talk about this, but also just the amount of stuff that I've seen on social media lately. Typically, I'll see either a kettlebell, a barbell, a lacrosse ball, a device that's been made specifically to address this muscle, where people are aggressively either putting themselves on their bellies and, and sticking something into their belly or lying on their stomach and pushing something aggressively into their stomach. And I just think that there's a lot of potential negative consequences to that that I wanted to discuss, as well as just the anatomy of this muscle and maybe a better way of addressing it from a a manual therapy standpoint. I think one of the things that we're seeing more just off the top is non-medically trained people uh, attempting to release tissue in, in in awkward places, like through the abdomen. And the question that begs itself still is, is this something that can even really be done? And then what are the the implications of that? Is it important to do this from the get-go? And from all the research and evidence that I read, as well as my clinical experience, I can't really find a huge reason to do it. Uh, And therefore, if the balance of the evidence is suggesting that I shouldn't, I have a tendency to not. When I first got into the industry, this And I will be the first to admit it, this is a muscle I talked about a lot. I talked about, quote unquote, releasing it. I talked about a lot of manual therapy to it. And the more I learned about it, the less I've uh, discussed it and kind of shifted my focus to maybe a, a bit of a different technique. So let's just get right into it with the anatomy of this muscle. Pretty big, uh, long muscle, originates from T12 through the lumbar spine, so L1 through L5 on the front of the spine, as well as the intervertebral discs. And it uh, runs through the abdomen, coming through the belly, uh, underneath uh, the inguinal ligament to insert onto the femur or the leg bone, the upper leg bone, at an area known as the lesser trochanter. And what this muscle does is it flexes the hip when the trunk is stationary, so it brings the knee up towards the chest. It will externally rotate the hip and it will draw the leg towards the midline or add up the leg. Some of the other things that are also present in the literature is it it can create a little bit of increased compression to the low back and it will also flex the low back or the lumbar spine when the feet or the hips are in a fixed position on the ground. So one of the thoughts is that in a a slumped posture uh, during the course of a workday this muscle might become uh, increased in its tonicity and perpetuating some injuries through the low back. And this is the most common scenario that we're seeing these release techniques done is the individual has some sort of low back pain. The thought is it's, that it's coming from the psoas major and therefore we have to reduce the tone in that muscle to attempt to reduce the compressive force on the low back. If we look at the muscle's innervation, it's innervated by the L1 through L3 ventral rami. Rami means branch. So off the front of the nerve roots between L1 and L3, you've got these anterior or front nerve root branches known as ventral rami, and they provide the innervation to the muscle. And then another interesting anatomical fact is you've got a nerve, a cutaneous nerve known as the genital femoral nerve that pierces through the psoas to innervate 
the groin as well as the genitals in both males and females. So some insidious onset groin pain is thought to be perpetuated by this muscle. And again, that doesn't mean that all groin pain uh, is perpetuated by it. It's just in cases where there's no mechanism and no other cause. Then from a, a true MSK or musculoskeletal standpoint, there might be some evidence to search around in terms of its potential implications on this. But the reality of it is, is this muscle is coming from the front of the spine. So even in your most slender person, it's probably at the depth of about four to five inches right in the center of the, the midline, so just left and right of the belly button. And you have a number of things that you have to navigate before you were even to be able to get to that depth. Things like the small intestine, the uh, colon, the appendix, depending upon what side you're treating. So if we first look at what's being done to release these muscles, quote unquote, release them, typically the contact point is above the pelvic brim or the iliac crest. Now, if you are above the iliac crest, you're into the abdomen as opposed to below the iliac crest or a particular a point known as the ASIS where you start to dip into the hip and the groin. Anatomically above the ASIS on the right side of the body, you first have the appendix if you still have an appendix remaining. So there's the appendix there, which is a, a little tail off of the ascending colon at an area known as the ileocecal junction, which is the junction point between the small intestine and the large intestine. If you go deeper along that side, you would then hit the kidney and then you would hit your QL muscle or your quadratus lumborum just below the 12th rib. If you were to take the same anatomy on the left-hand side, you don't have an appendix on the left-hand side in 99.9% .9 of people. Some people have a bit of a reversed anatomy, but you have the descending colon, and then you have something known as the sigmoid colon, which turns 90 degrees, then 90 degrees again to feed into the rectum. So really the first thing that you're hitting is digestive structures. And then as you move in towards the midline more, you're hitting the small intestine as you increase in depth. So there's some thought process beside this. Can we move the digestive organs out of the way? Can we move the, the omentum and the subcutaneous fat out of the way to access this muscle? I think realistically, it would be pretty far-fetched to make the assumption that we can move all of these structures out of the way and navigate underneath them, as well as around the major vessels, the aorta and the right and left iliac arteries, to provide a contact solely on this muscle at the depth of four to five inches. I think that if there are claims that are being made about specificity of palpation and that you know for a fact that you're on this structure, I can't get behind those claims in that I have a reasonable amount of experience myself and would never actually know if I was on this, this tissue. So part of the problem with this is people are blindly navigating into the stomach. And I'm not talking about health practitioners that are doing say visceral work and that that's not really a field that I am overly familiar with. However, I am under the understanding that most of it is light touch. What I am concerned with is people taking a weight or kettlebell lacrosse ball and shoving it into an area that is highly vascular as well as there's a lot of organs there and potentially doing harm. And there are people that are, have done harm. There are people that have ignored the appendix on the right-hand side, and maybe that person has an acute appendicitis. I have known practitioners to rupture an appendix attempting to treat this muscle. And the, the messaging that's being brought out through social media 
and online forums and health wellness fitness and some of the manual therapy industry is that it's encouraging people to do this on their own. And why I think this is dangerous is these people are, it's no fault to their own. They're not medically trained. So they're just blindly pushing into the stomach around the belly button, assuming that they're on this muscle and then attempting to go through some movements and or releasing it. And this can create quite a bit of discomfort. It can create a lot of abdominal discomfort that can last for days. It can create a lot of digestive trouble, diarrhea, uh, constipation, especially if you're just pushing on the small intestine and then kind of dragging the tissue around it. it can be incredibly uncomfortable for the person. And so maybe there's a better way to at least educate people around what this muscle is and maybe how to treat it effectively. I think it's very difficult to quote unquote release this muscle on your own and if you're a manual therapist, the way that I see the psoas is really treating it below the ASIS where it starts to become the iliopsoas. It joins with a muscle known as the iliacus below the inguinal ligament as it feeds into the hip. And if you're below the ASIS and you're in the brim of the iliac fossa or this hole that's created by the inside of the hip, then you have better access to it. You can access kind of the, the points in between the two muscles. And sometimes you can reduce tone in tissue there by a long static holding technique, kind of slowly pushing into the tissue and allowing it to reduce its tone. You're not necessarily releasing anything as much as you're just getting the local tissue and the local peripheral nervous system to reduce the tone or the resting tension within that tissue, if that's what your goal is. If that's not what your goal is, or you're unfamiliar with what your goal is, then your primary thing should be to figure that out because you might not even need to really address this muscle, or you may maybe can address it in a different way, maybe through some hip stability, core stability, uh, or strengthening may get you the same goal or result that you're looking for with it, without any intervention, which would be great. But at least if you're below the ASIS, you don't run any risk of pushing on a digestive structure and creating all of this digestive upset and or significantly injuring somebody because they have something else going on that you have ignored. And maybe that's an abdominal issue uh, that needs to be checked out or some th sort of other pathology or disease that needs to be addressed before doing any manual work. So you know, why, what I would like to see is I would like to see us getting away from sticking weights into our stomach for no real reason. Understanding that a lot of this may just be, again, perpetuated by the popularity of social media. And if you're, if you feel like this muscle is an issue, then getting it assessed by somebody properly uh, trained in manual therapy or recognizing red flags, that type of thing. So you can really get it looked at and get it dealt with in, a, in an appropriate way rather than attempting to treat it on your own. So I'd like to know what you think about this concept of getting away from doing the self-releases through the stomach. As always, your comments are welcome. So feel free to comment below and just uh, let me know on social media what you think on psoas in general, whether it's overtreated, whether the messaging around it is a little bit too popular, and what are some other ways that we can address these symptoms of back and hip pain 
from your experience. We'll see you in the next one. Have a great day, folks.